This is the More Than Right Podcast, an independent view of politics and American culture. I'm your host, Steve Lopez. Democrats have a major problem, an Hispanic problem, a Myra Flores problem. Flores is the Texas Republican who defeated her Democratic opponent in a special election held in the Lone Star State's 34th Congressional District, a district that is heavily Hispanic and has been in the hands of Democrats for more than a century. Flores is also the first Mexican-born, naturalized American citizen to serve on Capitol Hill. Currently, Joe Biden's approval rating with Hispanic Americans stands at a meager 26%. What explains this exodus from a party that since the 1960s has paid lip service to minority communities? Well, wokeness for one. The moniker Latinx isn't making any friends among Hispanics. The term is designed to make the designations Latina and Latino gender-neutral, a castration of the Spanish language, as it were. As writer Jeff Blanco of the website Hayride notes, quote, X, pronounced X, is supposed to end all words that end with an A or an O. For what? To remove the gender of the word? Do they know how many words end with an A or an O? Not every word has a gender, such as edificio, building, or oficina, office. And what if I want a taco? Am I supposed to say those Takis? And do I complain when I get two tequilas and a dos equis? Unquote. Blanco goes on to say the term Latin X, quote, is popular in white progressive circles, but it declares that a person insisting on using it knows nothing of the Latin culture or of the Spanish language. Unquote. Blanco makes a good point. White progressives have been very busy reinventing our world with language and using the barbed-wire-covered club known as cancel culture to enforce it. Recently, transgenderism has become a top social concern among progressives and their mainstream media propagandists. It has gotten to the point where it's become a fireable offense to say only biological women can have children, an undeniable fact backed by Mother Nature and even badly flawed science. But these white progressives prefer we all use the gender-neutral term, birthing person. But the unintended consequence of all this nonsense is the erasure of women. If a man can become a woman simply by declaring it, presto changeo, then there's no such thing as a woman. We all witnessed the corner progressives awkwardly painted themselves into during the confirmation hearing of Supreme Court nominee Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson. When GOP Senator Marsha Blackburn asked Justice Jackson to define the word woman, Jackson declined to answer. I can't, she said. I'm not a biologist. The person who went on to become the first black female justice to serve on the U.S. Supreme Court was so frightened of running afoul of the twisted orthodoxies of white progressives, she refused to define the term woman though she's been one for all of her 51 years on earth. And 
this woman will rule on what does and doesn't conform to the specific language of the law, a.k.a. what is and isn't constitutional reality. Unlike clay that can be formed into many shapes, reality isn't so fungible. It's binary. In reality, things are either true or false, good or evil, male or female, Latino or Latina. The Clearinghouse for White Progressive Wokeness, the New York Times, emphasized this binary reality by excommunicating Republican Congresswoman Myra Flores from the ranks of Latinx. Why? Because she won her seat in Congress by, quote, shunning moderates, embracing the far right, and wearing her support for Donald J. Trump on her sleeve. More Marjorie Taylor Greene than K. Bailey Hutchison, unquote. In other words, Flores is no longer a member of the gender-neutral Latinx community because she has a hard-charging conservative populist worldview, a worldview informed by the reality of her strong religious faith, her ties to her very traditional family, and her support for the unapologetic example of toxic masculinity that comes in the form of Donald Trump. And, according to the Times, that makes Flores as white as Congresswoman Green. But there is a glaring contradiction to the Times story that's contained in the headline, quote, The Rise of the Far-Right Latina, unquote. You see, Flores does not fit into the Latinx pigeonhole designed for her by white progressives. And so, the white progressives at the New York Times denounce her as a throwback Latina while simultaneously telling their readers not to be fooled by Flores' Spanish accent and Hispanic heritage. Her moral philosophy makes her as white as, well, them. Clearly, this is another embarrassing philosophical corner that woke white progressives have painted themselves into. Not only can't they define a woman, they're also having difficulty defining Latina women, especially conservative, populist Latina women. Those who, like Flores, represent heavily Hispanic districts now rejecting the Democratic Party, like that overwhelmingly Hispanic district in South Texas that sent Flores to Washington. What white progressives find so troubling about this trend is its political implications for the overwhelmingly unpopular party of President Joe Biden. As the Times story mentioned previously states, quote, In an interview in her still barren office the day after her swearing-in ceremony, Mrs. Flores was asked whether she considered Mr. Biden the legitimately elected president. He's the worst president of the United States, she said. When asked three more times whether Mr. Biden had been legitimately elected, she repeated the same non-answer. Two other Latina Republicans, Monica de la Cruz in McAllen and Casey Garcia in Laredo, are also on the ballot in congressional races along the Mexican border. All three, GOP officials have taken to calling them a triple threat, share right-wing views on immigration, the 2020 election, and abortion, among other issues, unquote. And there you have it. It's the issues and not the ethnic and racial pandering by woke, white, progressive Democrats that matter to these American voters, 
whether you call them Hispanic, Latino, or Latinx. But woke, white progressives are in denial about all this. They say the horrific polling numbers for congressional Democrats, not to mention President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris, result from a failure in messaging. And that's true to a certain extent. When you can't define a woman, or believe language contains the magical power to change undeniable reality into absurd make-believe, your messaging is the problem. That's because it's missing a very important ingredient tangible, three-dimensional reality. And so, it's profoundly racist for the New York Times to insist Myra Flores and other Hispanics are extremists simply because they recognize the difference between what is real and what is verbal fantasy. And vote accordingly. As it is for Broadway theater, staging is everything in American politics. At the White House, many props of historical significance serve as a backdrop for presidential announcements. Like the full-length portrait of George Washington painted the last year of his presidency by artist Gilbert Stewart, or the oil portrait of a contemplative Abraham Lincoln by George Healy, or the 1899 rendering of President William McKinley signing the peace treaty with Spain. But standing before these representations of great U.S. presidents has a drawback for the nation's chief executive, if, in the estimation of his fellow countrymen, he is lower than dirt. With President Joe Biden's approval ratings having dropped down into the 20 percentiles, the insistence of his handlers to pose the gaff-prone septuagenarian before the aforementioned works only serves to make Biden seem much smaller than he already is. Recently, as Tade Skyka's 1909 equestrian oil portrait of rough writer Teddy Roosevelt glared down on him, President Biden announced he had signed an executive order that protects abortion clinics from harassment and guarantees the right of women to cross state lines in order to, quote, terminate the presidency, unquote. On hearing Biden's verbal flub, the nearby Vice President Kamala Harris stared at the floor, no doubt gleeful her boss entered that Dantean level of hellish unpopularity once hers exclusively. Abandon all hope, you who enter here, her dour expression seemed to say. All this unpopularity springs, of course, from unprecedented high gas prices, which is the primary driver of runaway inflation. Biden keeps telling Americans this is all the fault of Russian President Vladimir Putin, the favorite whipping boy of Democrats, the Russian strongman who invaded Ukraine. But it's to no avail. Biden's outrageous claims smacks of the now-discredited Trump-Russia collusion hoax which explains why recent polls found Putin more popular among Republicans and independents than Biden. Interestingly, the same two factions favored Putin over Vice President Harris and House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Now, 
That's quite a Biden accomplishment. Very soon, an artist will win the commission to paint the official portrait of President Joe Biden to hang somewhere in the White House. Does anyone believe a future president will use it as a backdrop for some momentous announcement? But then again, it could serve as a backdrop to declare the early resignation of some future mentally diminished and equally unpopular president. That concludes this edition of the More Than Right podcast. If you wish to make a comment, you can contact the show at morethanrightpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, this is Steve Lopez.